Each month, myself and other Irrational Passions members will play through a new game. Modern to retro, obscure to popular. Games we've played before and those we haven't. We'll be hitting checkpoints as we go and discussing our experiences. Play along with us and join in the discussion. This is Video Game Book Club. Welcome, everybody, to Video Game Book Club. We are here with our finale episode of Bioshock 2. We are playing through Minerva's Den this time, the DLC. And once again, I'm joined under the sea with Mr. Alex O'Neill. How's it going, Alex? Uh, it's good. We're all big daddies now. You're all... We're all big daddies. Hell yeah. Like You're it. all big daddies in my heart. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. So touching. So touching. Mr. Logan Wilkinson, how's it going, Logan? Hey, that's me. Hi, great. It's fantastic. It's beautiful in Texas. It's hot, but like the good kind. Um, it's a blue sky. I'm a big daddy now. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. Big daddy Logan. <laughs> it, must, it must be extremely hot in that suit. You know what? Oh. Luckily, it has its own AC system throughout it. And so oh. it's, it's a nice, cool, temperate, like 84 degrees. I'm pretty happy about that. Hmm. Yeah, and if you get if that doesn't work, you just blast yourself with that uh, winter storm plasmid. <laughs> yeah, just like Scott gets it. It's yeah. right up in there. Yeah. Really good to make uh, frozen margaritas too. Little known fact. It's very tasty. Ooh, that does sound good. I know, right? Mm. I know. And just Mr. Mike Burgess, how's it going, my friend? Hey, I'm happy to be under the sea with you guys, down where it's wetter and down where it's better. Take it from me. It's certainly wetter. I can tell you that, but hey. I don't know if it's better. <laughs> we'll we'll no, find out. That, you know, that, that sounds better to me. Is it better? I don't know. Let's find you out. I mean, for me, I'm, sa- I'm saying it's. I'm saying it's better for me knowing that. Just that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. That adds up. That kinda, checks out. Kind of would be down if you did a Jamaican accent the rest of the the episode. Oh no, we're not. I doing wouldn't. That. That's, that's. I'm not gonna. I can't. T- I take it. I can't take that bit that far. <laughs> somebody, somebody turns on the problematic light. Just in yeah, the exactly. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Some, some kind of person like smashes through my window. Like some kind of <laughs> agent. Uh, that'd be stop that bit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stop right there. <laughs> the bit. Yeah, there. It's, uh, it's the Apollo like Kane. Just like, <laughs> it's like the old like Monty Python thing. Like this joke doesn't have a punchline. It just kind of ends. Like it's not. This is bad actually. This <laughs> is the cops yeah. from Astral Chain. Yeah. Chain you up. <laughs> You're like, dude, me anime, anime guy just breaks my window on a giant robot dog, and I'm just like, well, I guess if this is my fate. Yeah. Yeah. There are worse I, ways to die, I guess. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty cool one. <laughs> Chain me, Big Daddy. That's what it would turn it. This is what we've come full circle. <laughs> we have Fantastic. Come full circle. But yes, we played through for this episode Minerva's Den, one of the DLCs for Bioshock mm-hmm. 2. So, as you, it's completely separate from the main game, it's a standalone thing that you go through in the extras menu, I discovered. But you mm-hmm. start as an Alpha Series Big Daddy named Sigma, and you're just meandering your way to Minerva's Den when a voice and coming through a sentry blows up the the water tube you're in. Um, and then you crumble, and it falls to the water, and you're just like, uh, I'm in a diving suit. And you have to head to Minerva's Den, but you get contacted by Charles Milton Porter over your handy-dandy walkie-talkie. And it turns out he's one of the founders of Minerva's Den. So you have to head into the den, and it's all being uh, taken. It's been taken over, and kind of all the systems have been 
shut off to prevent you from getting further by the other co-founder of Minerva's Den, um, Reed Wall, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, yeah I think Reed that's Wall. right. And Minerva's Den turned out it was like this big computer research epicenter for Rapture. So Milton tells you to you have to reestablish power. So you walk up some stairs, flip a switch, boom, you have power. And then you realize the main goal of your mission as Sigma is you have to get to the big computer that's stored in Minerva's Den called the Thinker and get like the source code and stuff and then escape. But unfortunately, as all dastardly villains do, read wall does not want you to get there. So full on like mustache twirling. I I think he had a monocle too. Um, yeah, it looked like it at the end there. It was, it was pretty cool. So uh, you need to restore power. And once that's done, you go to his office to get some items that he's hidden away under his desk so that you can actually get to the core. But on your way, of course, there's a locked door and you need a specific plasmid gravity. Well, in order to get through. And then from there, you're, Milton tells you you have to go some other place to get it. Which, of course, that door is locked behind something, so you need to go somewhere else to get a different plasmid so you can then open that door so you can then go to the other area to get Gravity Well. Yada, yada, yada. You get Gravity Well. You chuck a little black hole into a room. It sucks out some magnets. You can keep going and head to the observation area. That was it. Observation, right? Observations? Operations. Yes. That was uh, operations. 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 Yeah. operations. Yeah, man. Yes, that's it. Um, I was right there with you, Scott. I totally like, forgot. Something <laughs> like I just played awesome. this. I cannot <laughs> emphasize enough. I played this like within the last three hours. <laughs> Over the last three hours. Notes. Um, but after mm. you go through operations, you um, all the while you're finding out a lot more about this uh, individual you're picking up tapes from Milton that Milton had left on how he lost his wife Pearl um, when they were bo- like she was in London when they were bombed by the Nazis and she died and him going through the grieving process and trying to actually because the thinker can replicate personalities so you find out Milton's kind of feeding thinker a bunch of these tapes to get thinker to act or try and act like Pearl. So that's a bit of the backstory we've gotten so far with him. Um, but Wall is basically turned into this religious fanatic-like character because he is convinced that the thinker can predict the future. So it's kind of like a very fanatical culty-like thing uh, that Wall's going through. Um, but because of a prediction... The predictions end as soon as Sigma gets to the thinker. So Reed, so Reed assumes that you are on your way to destroy Thinker, the computer. So that's why he's trying to prevent you from getting there. In operations, Porter instructs you, or uh, Milton tells you to get a beacon so that when you escape in the bathosphere, you don't get shot out of the sea by torpedoes. So you get that, you then have to hack it, so you have to go somewhere else, and then once you have that, you can finally go to the core where Thinker is, but unfortunately, the dastard reed wall uh, freezes the area, so you then have to go to a different area to turn off the fan so you can go to the core, and then wall shuts down the Thinker, and you then have to fight some big daddies and then actually kill wall, and then from there, you go turning on the Thinker, you get your 
the thing you came for, you leave out of, like, uh, you leave the area, you walk through um, Milton's office and see a bunch of really cool stuff. And then you escape, and then uh, the big the, the big twist happens. So we're just going to it, it happened a lot sooner for me, just to be clear. I yeah. don't know if... Uh, I I had come to that realization very a lot sooner. I don't know if if that was different for you, Scott. Uh yeah, I was completely surprised because you encounter Tenenbaum and you realize the big daddy you're actually playing as is actually Milton. You are. Did you not notice? Oh wow, so yeah, there's okay, yeah. 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 So the that's when you found out when it was at the very end of the game. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I had I had another I had another part where they explained it to you. Yeah. Like they explain like, it a couple uh, multiple times, but they also allude to it. Uh, well, they, there's like one. F- there are very few times where they outright say it. To be fair, right? No, but uh, to me, it's like, like a, it's, one... it, is, it, is, it is pretty close to the end. Yeah, it's, it's right after you kill Wall, basically, and you go into like, mm-hmm. like fix a tinker, like the tinker. Yeah, the finger, that's, yeah, that's where I. And it does like the ID scan thing, and it's like blah 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 blah, like subject sigma, and it's like Charles Milton Porter, like your other like. Yeah, yeah they, it's like you are. I found out now with Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum yeah, okay. mentions Tannenbaum. Basically, the idea was Thinker was leading you back to itself, disguised mm-hmm. as you, mm-hmm. so you could right. get your personality, and then Tannenbaum was going to help you get your life back. Basically, yeah, um, yeah. Big Daddy. So, but yes, when that was when I discovered that you were, yeah. It was, it was for me. It was like um, the audio tape when you go down and it's all dark, and then you see the just, glowing, just the light focusing the, the thing. The green, the green text that says mm-hmm. "Thinker is Sigma is Porter is Thinker." Yeah, that was. Oh, when I, I didn't read I that. It. I didn't I see that. that. Yeah, it's, it's on I the saw, floor. I saw like all the text, obviously, but yeah. like it, it, it's kind of like buried that. in the in the text. But it was like that was a very good moment for me. I'll say mm. that whole scene was great because like yeah. that was definitely where it was like they're connecting. Mean, obviously, it's like this tape is important. There's one light on it. Mm-hmm, and right. so like i listened to that tape like two or three times again because i also finished the game today um like this, this last like third of it mm-hmm. um and it's like that one to me was like all right put on my like listen cap on here and, like mm-hmm. everywhere to this tape it's gonna be clearly some like mm-hmm. giant big piece here yeah, yeah. and then That's you it. escape on uh, the bathosphere with tenenbaum and you become you again uh, the only bioshock thing with a happy ending i would say yeah I guess um, Bioshock One kind of Bioshock One potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, um, there's there's melancholy aspects to like Bioshock Two, Bioshock Infinite, for sure. Although I guess I don't know how um, Buried Sea goes. But uh, I, from my understanding, it's it's like an end cap kind of thing. I don't I don't know if I would describe it as a happy ending necessarily. Okay. Um, uh, but but yeah, I I found that quite refreshing personally. Yeah, yeah. For, sure, for sure. And speaking of uh, we'll into that. finding it refreshing, we'll start with you, Alex. Uh, get on your little soapbox. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about? I it's it's tough because like I and and Logan, I wonder if you're in a similar spot where I, I wish I had more time to kind of process it because I mm-hmm. I did finish it. it. We started recording at eight. I finished at seven forty. <laughs> um, I finished at six. Yeah, so it's it's really fresh for me. Um, they, like there's a I I really liked it to, to be clear I think like my my gut reaction was like very a little bit maybe too positive a little bit more hyperbolic, um in, in my own head but uh, I, I maybe it's it's starting to settle for me but I, I I had a great time like I I think it it paid off a lot of what I would want from like a Bioshock two you know um in a weird way and also I love it because I can see. Uh, Steve Gaynor, who wrote this, uh, who would yes. go on to write 
uh, gone home. Like I could totally see him in this. And it, like those are some of my favorite moments of like specifically walking through uh, Porter's office at the end was like really great for me. It's like I wish there was more stuff he could interact with. And it's yes. very much like pro- for me, that was like proto gone home of like, how can we tell a story by just having you walk through an environment? Uh, and it was cool to see. Man, I, like I really wish I had played this when it had come out because uh, I feel like I, I would have had a better perspective mm-hmm. for for what Steve Gaynor did after it. Uh, but it was cool to see like the groundwork for that, and like as soon as you put your weapon away, I was like, oh, like I I know that this is going to be different, and it mm-hmm. you never take out your gun again. I yeah. really I was like kind of expecting it because you see that vita chamber right when you go in that area, and I was like, All right, I'm gonna fucking fight more shit. But it was just you yeah. walking through two very quiet areas. Mm-hmm. I love um, the piano. Play. Yeah, piano's really good. Some like there weren't like a lot of original songs in this, which was a bummer. But that was like a really good piece. That part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I think the the thing that I took away the, the most of, and I'm I'm curious if if you guys had a similar experience. It sounds like uh, some of you might not have. Uh, I don't know, Logan, necessarily how much time you spent each area. Um, I was rushing through it toward the end. I wish I could have spent more time with it. But I felt like every beat was really well paced for me. Um, I like I found myself like only having maybe a minute or two between finding an audio diary or hearing dialogue. Yeah. Um, I I liked the I it was very like you know fetch questy, but it worked for me in this regard of like having to go get plasma to get here mm-hmm. because every time. 100%. In in yeah. like Bioshock 2, like you would do it and it's like, all right, I fucking found an audio diary or I flipped the switch. In this, it's like, okay, well, I have to now go do another thing, but at least I have a superpower now. Like I have a new power now. Um, and like or the a fact gun that gun upgrade or, or gun yeah. upgrade. Yeah. Like the fact that they could like roll out those weapon upgrades so quickly. And yeah. obviously, this is designed to be like a pretty short experience. Yeah. But I, I thought that they really did a good job taking advantage of that shorter pace mm-hmm. i i think is if is there a machine gun like can you get the machine gun in the dlc yes okay never got it it's off the beaten path but you have to yeah you can find it i'm bummed um but yeah i kept getting ammo for it i'm like wait this doesn't seem right <laughs> um and there's just one did you get the door. grenade launcher i did get yes. the grenade that I was got also the kind of yeah, yeah. um but um yeah i so i, I really liked how it was paced I really like I, I just like I, I like everything felt really great. Nothing was like, I think, amazing or exceptional. Um, yeah. I really I like the twist. Like, yeah. I think the twist is exceptional, but I think like it, it could definitely be like a little cheaper, a little cheesy, depending on how you take it, um, especially because I had that moment of like looking at the floor and seeing this big green mm-hmm. text. It's like the three of them connected. I was like. Because it's one thing to have yeah. the thinker be sig- be Porter, but it's another thing to have that also be you and there be a good explanation for mm-hmm. why you don't know that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it's really well paced. It just moves at a clip uh, that kept me really interested and all the stories kind of came up, went, had some twist to it and then resolved through the audio diaries in a good way, I think. Um, did you guys... How did you feel about the pacing overall? I thought... Uh, I I agree with a lot of what you said is even though there were a bunch of fetch quests the time it took to get to the all all the areas never felt overly long to me and it felt Mm -hmm. just long enough so it's like you could explore a bit 
but not long enough where it's just like, oh god, now I have to find my way back to this. Like it was condensed. Um, I thought it was well done. It didn't bug me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, there was always a new weapon or a new plasmid or tonic or something to find on your route, and all the the audio logs. I really enjoyed all the audio logs in this one. Um, mm-hmm. Flushing out Milton <laughs> and his relationship with Pearl and kind of teaching Thinker and um, the like Andrew Ryan's ones. Um, yeah, those are really good, actually. Like uh. how you were kind of. Was it ever. I could never tell if Milton was kind of framed or if he actually did. He was framed. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe yeah, I got. Yeah, but, like it. Um, and that's why there, there's like captured or taken yeah there's a tape yeah. by reed um you pick but like it's him just saying like i'm framing him and, like, and also just, like, very explicitly saying it and like spells like what his steps and what he's doing are and i I'd took like... it that go ahead uh, there was just there was another tape i took it that like the original correspondence and correspondence he had with um the lady lamb uh was there was like another tape that was saying like hey you leave me alone i'll leave you alone and that was mm-hmm. like the extent of their relationship yeah so it's not like it's he was like bathroom, trying... i think yeah that, that one was in the bathroom like pretty early on so i think that was like the extent of that um interaction and then somebody made it out that he was like siding with her over ryan i like how reed had a reason to frame and want to give get Milton out of the picture where which is so different from Lamb wanting to get Delta out of the picture for unclear reasons yeah still yeah. yet to be determined we're working on it yeah mm-hmm. but uh, Logan were... told me he'd write two video essays trying to figure it out <laughs> a beautiful mind like all the <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff I'd love to yeah, Mike, uh, I did, did Logan <laughs> <a minute laughs> <for> that? Logan <laughs> said that? <laughs> what about you mike what did you think um yeah i, pr- I pretty much 100 percent agree with alex said and what you said scott like i just feel like the pacing i enjoyed the pacing of this one a lot more and like i just enjoyed like the like kind of yeah like the pacing and just like what you what you were doing like made sense for like the missions you were actually going on where mm-hmm. i felt like in bioshock 2 like the base game sometimes they were kind of it was kind of weird like you know you have that first area where it's like all right i'm getting a camera to take a picture of a thing and then i get this ability and then i use one ability and then I don't really use this camera ever again and then it's just kind of like all right you have a camera mm-hmm. you can do whatever all right bye and then it's just kind of it just kind of like leaves it or i feel like here it did a better job of being like all right i need i need i need this the gravity well plasmid that you get in this which is really which is cool. totally totally new this yeah, is, yeah, brand, awesome. yeah brand new it's and it's i think i think it was like it's, definitely one of like broken the, as shit but i yeah, thought it was really broken, cool like, that's fun. like i i like that they just went like all out to be like f it here's this kind of ridiculous thing you're playing like this little dlc anyway so like just to have this super fun thing to like mess around with stuff mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah they give it to you and then are you go and get it um, and then you have that thing where you got to break down the door and the magnets and like that comes up again. Like you're, you're using it like throughout this thing and it like, you use it, it like a Metroidvania it, upgrade. Yeah. So. Yeah. In some ways, but like they also like make it make sense in some ways. It's just, it didn't necessarily feel like it was just like, all right, this door is here for no reason necessarily. Yeah. Like, those places that you go into have like a reason why they're locked up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, it just, it just felt like they were 
they had they the like it reminded me more so of like Bioshock One, where like the stuff I was doing made like sense, like the gameplay stuff I was doing made sense in, in the context of like what I was doing in that moment in the game. And mm-hmm. I and I and I really appreciate and like that stuff more. Um, and it, of I course, mean, it it takes like this. I feel like the get incinerate to melt ice, like you know that stuff. It takes straight from Bioshock One. Yeah, it's exactly. Kind of and like some of, some of it was definitely basic, but I but I, I appreciated it. It just kind of like let that be that so they could kind of have this cool, interesting story like attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the simplicity of it, them just kind of doing a lot of the Bioshock one stuff, just let them like, uh, like do that interesting story and focus on like you finding these dialogues between, you know, Milton and Pearl and the audio logs and stuff. And I thought that was like really cool just to see it kind of, even in that short period of the DLC, like the kind of how it starts and it's all happy. And, you know, you have, them like him like trying to teach her stuff and show her stuff mm-hmm. and then it goes like to messed up when you get one where it's like him trying to like replicate her voice and other things yeah like that she was doing in with like the thinker's help like essentially making the thinker try and like replicate her and then he like like literally like heard her voice and immediately went like wait no yeah, this is what yeah, i'm like, doing this is this is a terrible yeah, mistake the and, you pick up to in the game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's so like it's so contrary to i feel like where a lot of these stories tend to go and i feel like that that character always gets corrupted by the temptation of the machine or whatever Mm -hmm. and that that didn't happen here you know and like granted like some of the i feel like you have like the the wall character who i feel like is kind of that character in some regards yeah but like obviously now you're playing as milton so they kind of actually posed you as like a, a somewhat of a good guy Mm-hmm. Even though, like, not necessarily where I kind of, I kind of appreciated that considering I, and I think most of us generally play like on the the good side of mm-hmm. like the game, and we try and like save all the sisters and stuff, and that's what I did in here too. So Scott doesn't. Scott tries <laughs> to save the sisters. Did you so harvest them all again? Yeah. What the? You play these games wrong, man. Like, you play these games. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like not, not even to be like a dick or nasty, but like, especially like. Bioshock 2, like, where you literally are a big daddy, where, like, your objective is, like, to protect the big sisters, yeah, man. You're just playing it, like, so, like, yeah, like... Rip, rip that out with the yeah, you know, like, so, I want superpowers! Now I'm actually curious. Is your... It, was your in the same? Did you have Like, was your in different anyway? No. Or was she still just like, you're dope, yeah, you're a cool yeah. guy. Like, how, he, how, he, how he explained it was how mine went down, so... Yeah. And I, say, and I okay. saved... I didn't, I didn't get every single one, but I saved... Did you get all the little sisters... Scott, I think so. I There's killed six. all of them. Yeah. yeah, you killed all of them. Yeah, all that's just them. wild to me. I just wanted superpowers, <laughs> man. I don't want you to play Bioshock One, honestly. Then, like, I don't want, <laughs> like, I, I'm, like, I like, no, just like, you're gonna get such a shitty ending if you play that game like Look, that. Look, some yeah. people played Infamous and killed everyone, dude. I know, and that's such a shitty like <laughs> man. Like, it's such a like. <laughs> I know, but these you gotta like, like, you gotta totally, people it's have totally the, like, player the, like the Alex talks like a thing of like man. You just didn't play Persona, right? Kind of thing. Like, man, you should like maybe play the game again. Kind of thing. He said, like Ian, where it's like, yeah, maybe you should play. That's you, dude. That's game. your game, yeah. Stark, man. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's <laughs> now, like now, I've become Alex. I'm like, oh, maybe you should play this game. We should play this <laughs> game over again. Actually, I want to make you play Persona Four, but I, I will make sure you play it right. Um, but no, like, so that's that's super interesting. Like, I agree with everything, or some of the stuff, most of the stuff that Alex said. Um, I think this game is definitely paced better than Bioshock Two. Um, and I think the way that Mike worded it, I really liked how it's kind of 
it harkens back to Bioshock 1 in terms of how like it uses kind of the tools it's given you to kind of unlock new areas in ways that like make sense and it doesn't feel like it's as many like fetch quest stuff or whatever which i or glass walls yeah like didn't annoy me as much yeah that's the thing like it's i think it's honestly the biggest issue in infinite but like bioshock 2 starts to lean in the direction where like they'll just like block off areas to you for like no discernible reason um whereas like bioshock when you walk around that world and like within like the like kind of encampment you're in you can go anywhere you can go everywhere in there and it's just like it's a giant creepy terrifying wide open space you can kind of explore it at your own pace and do whatever you want to do and like infinite is very much like no it's a giant empty area where just you shoot people basically and that's it is another thing really kind of clever about it um and i think bioshock 2 was kind of this weird like in between space in a lot of ways and minerva then swings back to bioshock 1 i think part of what helps it in so many ways is the fact that it is such a like shorter tighter more intimate experience like it is basically like honestly like it like to say the first critique of this like i think the game would have been better if it had completely like cut out the like operations like basically turn the cold air off thing like if it had gotten rid of that and it just been you're in that first area and then you go to the thinker level it'd have been so much it'd have been like even tighter for me and even more like boom that's it because yeah. like when, that like, was my least I, favorite objective for sure. Yeah, and that's it didn't when, like, add when, anything. Like, definitely. When Mike and me were kind of talking in Slack the other day, and I was like, "Oh, like, how long is this game?" Because like I think I'm yeah. at the end of it, and like I went to the next game, was like, "Oh, it's a whole other thing," and like it was like shorter, but it was still just like, "Oh, like I don't need this," and like it was a thing of like hitting the button and seeing that like, there were three more big sisters or three more little sisters to go through, and I was like, right. "Is it the same size?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like. Because it had been building so well to that moment, and it got there, and it's like, oh, like, all right, mm-hmm. and like, ultimately, I liked that area fine because like the like audio logs you pick up are like really great there, and like yeah. to Alex's point, they're great all the way throughout. Like, they're great yeah. audio logs all the way through this game that I think are better done than Bioshock 2s were, um, and again, kind of on a similar part of Bioshock One in terms of quality, they're great. But like that area was one where it's like, man, this it like sucks so much as like the momentum out for me. Yeah. I get that. And that's what I had to play through today, basically, was that. And then, like, the final level, I was like, I am not feeling this as much. Um, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of removed a lot of the dread that the first area had. And then you get it back in once you go to the thinker again, and it's like, this is great. But that was, like, the one kind of pacing, like, hiccup for me was that. But, like, on the whole, it is, like, it's structured very well. It's a very well-paced game. And just like Alex said, this is an incredibly Steve Gaynor-ass video game. Yes. It is, like, his, so his favorite are all over it and like i know that me and Alex are each like massive steve gainer guys and it's like it is like there's so much everywhere and like in particular to just jump right to the end for a second like that whole ending section where you don't have a gun mm-hmm. you just walk it's just like this is steve gainer and it's yeah. awesome right and like i had the same thought of when like i walked past the like fighter chamber and i was like are we gonna do one more fight and i was like i think it might be like a red heron thing where like i mean i just like make totally it was more <laughs> and it was, and it was awesome. And it like getting into that air, and like my like again to Alex's point, my only critique was like, man, I wish you could interact with more shit in this like his yeah. office. It was lit. It was super cool. Like it was such a dope thing. And like just like walk, like that whole final section where you just walk. Like we'll get into really in depth later on, but like I have so many thoughts about that section in particular, like what the game did there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah, like it's paced really well. It's done really clever. Like. I think one of the things for me is that this game, like, 
the twist well, I'm, we will definitely get into, but like I think this game did its twist in a very interesting way, right? Where like it wasn't like a second to third act twist like Bioshock One, and it wasn't like basically like the last thing that happens in the game, and then you have like fifty minutes of like jumping through fucking time holes and wormholes like Bioshock Infinite, um, and it wasn't Bioshock Two's twist, which was the entire game i don't even know what that like it's just <laughs> yeah. like so was there a weird twist and like too? yeah like I it was mean, a very weird like like slow rolling twist and you just kind of like happened over and it was like all right like i guess like and so there's very much like build up to that moment and like for me like we talked about it already but like that shot where you are like in the vent and then like kind of come down and like see the light flickering on that that one mm-hmm. like audio log and everything that's blacked out except for, like the scroll everywhere is a shot almost entirely reminiscent and like invocative of Bioshock One, like yeah. right before. Spoiler, so huge spoiler for you, Scott. But like right before you get to like the big twist in Bioshock One, like you enter very similar to that, where like they're just like writing in pictures everywhere that kind of like lay out what you're about to find out is about mm. to happen. That like mm. basically like foreshadows it super heavily, and like basically says what's about to happen, but you can't like understand it still mm-hmm. um and you have like an audio log there too where like again like it fills into like doesn't give you the big kind of final shoe drop and so it's like this is that moment for for Minerva's Den and it's super cool to go back to that because Bioshock 2 doesn't give you that moment and Bioshock Infinite doesn't give you that moment because Bioshock Infinite is just a weird ass video game yeah. <laughs> so, and so but it, like it was cool to get like all right like even if they make another Bioshock game, if that ever happens or whatever, like it won't have a moment like that again. Like where it's just like this is a shot almost like of their own reimagined of like Bioshock One's moment there, um, and it's super cool and it's super rad. And like one of the things that struck me about this game is that like life, I think like a lot of Steve Gainer games, it uses silence really well. Mm. Uh, it like it it really utilizes silence and just kind of emptiness um and kind of i think the like the power and like the way that can kind of strike you as a player um and as a character really well right and like it's funny because this game is like one of the most like close quarters intense frantic frenzied games in terms of like it's fighting like it's so often like crammed corridors and like very small rooms like it's not mm-hmm. these giant kind of sprawled out like arenas like an infinite but even like two had like big airs you were fighting it is very much kind of closer than that and more intimate than that but at the same time it's also like very empty and kind of haunting in a way that i think one was as well and they could just utilize this silence really really beautifully right and like there, if there isn't an audio log playing it is just like dead silent basically and it's like actually really well and like that pays off most i think for me effectively at the end of the game where you are just yeah. walking um, that final like, scene. Mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah it's very well paced to access point i agree to that for sure i'll say like the one my probably biggest criticism of it is just like kind of hurt by the fact that we played bioshark 2 all the way through it of like man i was checked out of the combat by the end of this yeah. game dude mm-hmm. like it, 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 it like i think it there are definitely moments we where i enjoyed it off, yeah. yeah like you know like I've been playing this game for a while, right? It's just kind of, and like it's over a long period of time. So Mm -hmm. I think that, that extenuates like my frustrations with it. And there was cool stuff that mixed it up. Like I thought the gravity well plasma was really rad, uh, especially for how how broken it was, but you know, it didn't work on some of the enemies. So 
it was fine. I thought like the um the big splicers with uh like fire powers was the like a fiery cool... brutes or whatever they were called. Yeah, the fiery yeah. brutes. I thought it was a kind of cool twist on uh like what they were before and giving them the plasma powers which they didn't have before. Uh they were like a pain in the ass though, for yeah. sure. Um but yeah, I was just like by the end of like I was like putting down the little sister to like gather Adam, and I was like, I fucking, I hate this. <laughs> I do hate that's this. Why, yeah, I, that I, is I the thing. Yeah. Of like, we talked about it in Bioshock Like, I ended up get, I did all six of them, and I got the trophy, and like, I, I'm glad I did. Um, because like for it's me, one of the big things about the pacing was that like it made that I won't say makes sense because it's still like this still isn't the best. Like. It at least paced out those big daddy and little sisters better. Yeah. Whereas Bioshock would be like, "All right, here's seventeen in this one area, and they're just fucking ev- you just like they're just everywhere, and it's just like this is just it's all on fire. Moment. It's yeah. so much, and like this is just like you just get bogged down by it. And here it's like, all right, cool. Like you're basically into the area, and there's kind of one right there, and then you kind of get to like about I halfway stumbled through- upon them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's about like through. halfway through the area, you get a bit deeper into it, you find another one, and like it's always like this one like right at the end of the area, so you kind yeah, of like just wrapping things up. You have like that last one to kind of do, and like it's paced and structured way yeah. better. And also because these areas you are in are smaller, like the area you have to cover with like the little sister on your shoulder is also way shorter, way less horrible than it is in the, like actually where you, you like and some of those things you have to walk really far with him yeah, and like yeah. traverse these like huge airs to get like adam it's like this is this blows and it's like it like i think it did the best it could do with that system like it like this was at least it was like this is like especially in like that first area where it's like this is fun enough like this is definitely like yeah. i enjoy this enough where it's like this i don't have any like issue with doing this and then when i saw that there were three more and i was like all right i don't know if i need this much of it but like <laughs> yeah. i was like this is really cool like this is this is good like it's the best way you can do this and like the way that it's like paced out those fights is really cool and like i don't know if i still needed the big sister fight too yeah um, the, <laughs> but you another thing you know but you especially because like that's where it's like this does like i guess this makes sense still but like it doesn't really make sense like why like because like this game happens at the like the exact same time as bioshock 2 is happening but it's still like i don't know if i like why can't we just say like oh like porter and wall like shut all the locks and so they can't come in yeah no more big yeah and it's like and then it's like all of them like then it's like cool I'm doing the Big Daddy fights with, like, they're actually, like, really coolly designed new Big yeah, Daddy Lancers. Like, seeing. Yeah, those are yeah, dope. Those and, are like, cool. the yeah. Iron Laser, we're talking about, like, the Iron Laser is a really, really cool weapon. Dope. Like, yeah. I really I love like that it. weapon, right? And, the, like, new, the new weapon, like, switching up the weapons was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. right? And, like, for Didn't me, like, Alex talked about, like, the gravity, like, wall thing. But, like, for me, like, it's all of the plasmids and all of the weapons, I think, are handled really well here, right? Like, for me, it's, like striking how much more enjoyable this game is to play than bioshock 2 and part of that to be fair is the fact that it's shorter so like you were fucking upgrading shit quickly like it's yeah. just like you're throwing out the shit at you fast yeah and some of it's like not even upgrading you're literally just like picking up off the ground you're like boop and it's like the maximum upgraded like yeah but i like, like how and, that was handled yeah. yeah yeah like it's done it really good. well right and like i after beat the game like i read a few things about it and it's like one of the things too is the fact that like their ammo and like the vending machine stuff everywhere yeah, yeah like and there was like a deliberate decision by steve gainer was to put them all over the place because he wanted you to like feel like that which is like you're just going through and like getting shit quickly like you never feel like you low on stuff in the same way right because like for me like 
Scott in particular talked a lot about how like you don't ever feel like a big daddy really in Bioshock 2. And here, like, I felt like a fucking big daddy in this yeah. in, like this DLC <laughs> way more than Y'all motherfuckers in better call two. me big daddy. Yeah, because like even <laughs> at the beginning, it's like I just feel like I'm being carried differently. Right? And the part of the effect, like you literally begin the game underwater, right? Like you yeah. literally like mm-hmm. the first like five minutes of the game were just like you outside of Rapture, like walking into it, like and which is a really cool Again, evocative shot of Bioshock One, where you, like you have to go into Rapture. Here you have to go into Rapture again, and it's really rad. And like, there's a similar period of like not fighting anything for a while in this game, like there was in Bioshock One. And like, it's funny to me because like thinking about it and talking about it now, like this game echoes Bioshock One more effectively than its actual sequel, Bioshock yeah. Two, did. Yep. Um, and yep. like that's to its credit, right? And like, mm-hmm. we talk- I think it it speaks to how much like Steve Gaynor, I think, got yeah. with Bioshock One special. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's that thing of we talked a lot uh, about like Bioshock Two's like Bioshock One problem in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and this game like was a third of the length of Bioshock Two, maybe a quarter of the length, but like nailed down like paying homage and given reference everything was and, like, superior yeah, yeah like given respect to bioshock one and like understanding what that game was but also very much telling its own story and yeah. in its own world with its own characters that were all fleshed out you all, like understood who all of them were right and it's like it married those two things so well and like that first area and like the thinker level in particular like really really nailed mm-hmm. that marriage i think and like that's shown both in the actual story and character but, like the gameplay mechanics like were rad here. Like the cool plasmas they introduced were rad and like the like we're just gonna upgrade your shit hella fast and it's gonna be fun to play the game. Like you're just like mm-hmm. flying through this stuff and like it's and just cool. I think mm-hmm. they like they made Minerva's Den as a place out to be a character as well. Like Yes. The um, yeah. you find the this audio diary from like a secretary who helps yep. like assist with Minerva's Den. And it's like talking about how Fontaine's thugs are trying to push on them and then you get another one like from Fontaine's thugs and then yep. like there's one I don't know if you guys found it it's like in a hidden room like for like robot little sisters yep um which is like a it's like a whole room of them mm-hmm. and it's a like, guy who invented them drunkenly uh like spilling his woes like this one audio logs in there uh spilling his woes about how the big daddies don't recognize the robotic little sisters so they don't work um and the hope was to like replace the organic little sisters with machine replacements so they wouldn't have to do this to kids anymore uh and he was just like drunk and i don't know like there's a lot you can infer from that too mm-hmm. of, like maybe his daughter was a little sister and, it, and she got taken stuff like that like they did a great job of just adding enough little bits to like the the overall minervish den culture of like inventors and robotics and mm-hmm. technology that i was like way in i believe yeah. like this little section of rapture was different and mm-hmm. weird and cool you know mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the thing is that, like, I think we all had stuff we liked and didn't like about Bioshock 2, but it was, I think, this constant tension of like the game itself almost not knowing what it wanted to be and like yeah. how much to try to be Bioshock 1 and how much to try to be its own thing. And it could like very, like only in like the final act did it kind of nail it. Um, and I think in particular, we talked last time about how like none of the henchmen you really encounter in that game are, like, on the level of Bioshock 1s. Like, none of the characters... Even, like, Sfriedland, like, none of the characters, with the exception of maybe, like, Eleanor, like, match anybody from Bioshock 1. And here it's like, you know, Porter's rad. Like, he's super cool. But also, like, Wall's a really great villain who's just, like... Yeah. ...is crazy and weird. And, like, his, like, mm-hmm. kind of 
like parallel trajectory with like Porter is like super cool. It's super like interesting to see, and like we get more Tenenbaum, who like low key is like one of the most interesting characters in the Bioshock like Bioshock mythology. Like her, and the fact that again like her in Bioshock One, her brief thing in Two, but again here it's like she's just a really cool character, and like you get to see like this world that it is Minerva's Den, like it is a very distinct kind of level and thing, and like. I feel like maybe there's like one or two in Bioshock 2, but like most of the, like the levels even in Bioshock 2 like weren't as memorable. Like I would argue none were as memorable as Minerva's Den, but like only like one or two were even kind of close. And like this again felt more close to Bioshock 1 where like every level you go to there is like immediately iconic and like terrifying and weird and like fascinating and like has like lived in history to it. And like this one, it felt that same way, but like in a cool twist where it felt like it was this really cool, fascinating, weird place that, like, also wasn't lived in in the same way as the other ones were. Yeah. And, that, again, it went back to that feel of, like, isolation and, like, loneliness mm. that, like, I think pervades every single, like, square foot of Minerva's Den that kind of really comes home at the end of the game. And, like, it just it just did Bioshock 2, like Scott said, better, but, like, more of that, like, it understood what Bioshock 1 was and then, like, did what a sequel to that would do. Um it's rad i think i would play uh what's that other um fulbright game what's the second one that i haven't played logan tacoma tacoma i'm gonna play that tonight i'm like i'm like fucking feeling it you know what i mean do do tacoma because (laughs) me and george don't agree on tacoma that's like the one where like we have like two like roads diversion wood like we don't agree on how good we gotta i gotta i gotta gotta decide you know for the group um but yeah it's really rad and like i again like i i adore steve gannon he's all over this game yeah Mm -hmm. I will say that playing through Minerva's Den really hit home just how weak of a narrative that Bioshock you had. had. Yeah. And especially Lamb, like how weak Lamb was. I think like, you know, I don't want to harp on too much here. I like the thing that, that tied the narrative of Minerva's Den together mm-hmm. was like the twist. And, and I understand like, like I, I kind of said, like the twist is, is what it is, but yeah, we'll get to that. It, it I, I like I like the twist. I, I think it's cool. Oh, but I do too. My, my feel is like it, it makes kind of in a, a Rogue One style way, it makes a lot of the other interactions you have earlier in the DLC that maybe you didn't know at the time better. Mm-hmm. Like when you um go into I, I don't know if it like because you go into Porter's office at the very end, but he has like a separate room. It's like the first objective that you have to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like scans you at the door and it's like, oh, I was let in because i'm him like it mm-hmm. like other little things make sense and like how surprised uh to some extent uh reed is when he, he sees you again um or like maybe like when he realizes who you are uh yeah i, I like those like it going back and kind of making those moments stronger for me yeah i agree but because we're kind of dancing around it let's talk about the big twist um and kind of go into that i personally was like whoa that is really cool like i i was all for that uh that reveal that you've been in fact milton the whole time and the person you've been talking to is actually the thinker directing you um using milton's personality i thought that was a really cool twist um yeah i i like i suspected that too like i i like i I felt like the thinker was going to have like a more of an agency in the situation than than was first kind of let on. And I think you get you get that vibe when when like uh, Reed is, is really kind of alarmed by 
by how the th- the thinker itself is behaving. Um, like that's when I like, I'm, and also I'm just always anytime there's a robot or AI in stories, I'm always like, "Who's the AI? It's one of us, probably." <laughs> like I'm always just kind of thinking <laughs> about, or, or, or it's gonna be like the, it's the Thimbleweed. Yeah, it's Park all over again. <laughs> Mike, I see you blasting over there. God, what would the kids think? Always. <laughs> um, what did you think of the twist, Mike? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I admittedly didn't see some of the things like like we talked about, like the the green letters on the floor and some of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, like you said, it 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 hit. It was interesting how it, it it was that thing of like once that happened, then you then you then you can think back and look on like all the other stuff that mm-hmm. kind of went on. It was like, oh yeah, it makes sense that like you know. I can go into this room or I, I, I can, I understand like where all these things are or, you know, and that, and that was, and that was neat. Um, and I think it, it did, it did. It was just like, okay, yeah, this is, I definitely expected a twist because that's just a, a thing you expect in a Bioshock game, especially like, that's just like a key thing. That's like, that's been in pretty much most of the, in the original game and like kind of, kind of two and when, infinite like it's it's just like a it's like you you can always expect like a twist and like some some character that is helping you is and it was manipulating the whole time just a piece of crap (laughs) like there's like the two things are like the like the check the checklist of bioshock things are pretty much checked i like i'll say like that aspect of it of like the fact that there was a twist kind of to some extent bummed me out like just because kind of to what you're saying mike i feel like bioshock has put itself in a dangerous position not that there's probably ever going to be a bioshock again maybe there will be it's too big a name to to let die maybe an m night Shyamalan like situation but yeah it's it's like it it is the Shyamalan type legacy of like you're kind of setting this dangerous precedent and i think it works here i think it works in the first bioshock i don't think it works in bioshock 2 to be clear i I don't know what the twist would be in bioshock 2 yeah i don't know if it works totally an infinite too like because the more i thought about infinite, it the, I didn't the, think more it the problem for me like that i talked about yeah is that infinite it felt like it had to have a twist like that was a big one for me where like it felt like it needed a twist in order to be like a thing and so like that like it's such a distraction from the like actual game where it's just like and it's just because like that twist is so messy and so complicated and like for what issues i have with the twist here like it is at least like all right that's the like it's simple like it's just like there it is and it's like mm-hmm. i can understand that so i'm like all right cool now we're dealing with like metaphysics and time travel and, and all reality dimensions and we're just gonna do this for 50 like we're just gonna do this for like forever right because like go like it's like that indian is mad and like ways that are cool and like dumbfounded but also ways that are just like this is just absolutely in- and like insane and like not necessarily a good way and like See, that's interesting like, because prior to this, Bioshock Infinite was the only Bioshock I had played. Yeah, I you're really liked the ending of Infinite. Like, I that's thought that I'm was curious. really, really cool. You're an ancient woman because you're, you're playing these games literally now. You will play these games backwards. backwards. You played it from <laughs> Infinite to 2 to 1. And so, like, I'm, I'm just very curious... For, to see your one thoughts again you have to play the game correctly but like i'm very curious to see your one thoughts <laughs> but like actually because like you know the twist right like you're not like tom mark who wrote like this yeah. like amazing IGN article about how like he had never been spoiled for bioshock one and then like played the game and how like it like fucked him um and like blew his mind and like how it holds up still and everything and it's like you know the twist going in you know what happens in that game already 
and you already know that there is a twist. And so, like, going through mm-hmm. that game now, like, I'm super, super curious to see how you would feel about that game and how you would see it and how you would, like, compare that twist to all the twists that come afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, it's, it's super interesting because, like, obviously, you don't necessarily think Bioshock Infinite's twist is, like, like a try hard moment where like it needs to like live up to the first one's twist because like you haven't played the first one yeah or the second one you don't know anything about it's like this is just a video game basically God, so what, a, like, what a world to be free in yeah yeah like it's such a weird <laughs> thing to then like dive back into now and so i don't know like you, like just you in general like i'm very curious about that but like your bioshock experience has, has truly been fascinating like honestly. yeah like it's been <laughs> absolutely like the weirdest so, bioshock experience i'm right? so like, excited to hear what you think about bioshock one <laughs> like i have to know i'll um, like I'll say my like my thing about this just as a whole like I think what helped me a lot too was the fact that I kind of went into Mer- Minerva's Den thinking it would be different. Yes. So like my my bummer is like okay there's a twist right like right. um but I didn't think there would be one so I wasn't anticipating one. Um so it did kind of take me off guard. Mm-hmm. Um and, and again like I said earlier kind of before it happens i was like something's going on with this fucking robot like, <laughs> like i like i i know some fucking weird shit's about to happen uh and then i, I started maybe getting the hints that that a twist was coming or a reveal was coming mm-hmm. um, but again i had that moment just like listening to that audio diary walking up into that stairway room and seeing the text like in glowing green on the ground that's yeah. just the thinker porter like that was like a really really good moment for me and then you walk into the next room and then you'll go up and and fight uh, Reed and whatnot, but at that point, like I knew exactly what was going on. So mm-hmm. when Reed confronts you, it's like, okay, this is like I mean business now. So I have to I, say, I, I, I really liked how it didn't turn out that the robot or the computer wanted to kill you. Like it was a nice change of pace because I feel like in a lot of media, the computer's always at the end of the day going to want to kill you. But to have it like. Yeah actually looking out for you and trying to get you and save you i thought that was really cool like i was like wow that like spins it on the heads what like i consider the stereotypical super smart ai that's the part of the aspect i like the most yeah but like i feel like that's also and i don't know if you agree logan but i feel like that is like the steve gainer aspect of it of, of kind of like there, the, you can take it in a positive direction, right? It's not inherently positive. I think there's some morbid, morbidity to the, the the kind of what happens, but mm-hmm. I feel like he always leans more toward the positive or, or the, the happy ending. Yeah, so it's interesting for me because I think you kind of said it for Charter. He's like playing this one again where it's like Steve Gaynor, he veers towards a certain style or way to wrap his games up. Um... And I think it's really interesting here because with the three games that he's now, or two games in DLC he's done, they kind of all are like three different notches for like how much I like them, right? Where it's like Gone Home, I think, is a fantastic Indian, um, especially in the medium that like is notorious for like maybe not having good Indians. It's a fantastic Indian. I think this one ends good. Um, and I think I. Tacoma's Indian is like fine to like that could have been done better um and I think all three are kind of I didn't know that <laughs> no like it's like I again like me, George loves Tacoma I, I'm much more like I gave it a seven when I reviewed it for IP um oh I thought it was the reverse I thought you no yeah that. it's actually George like it was George's runner up for game of the year oh this um, is right that's coming back to me now um and so I I think it's fine but it's good but like, anyway but I think that 
here it's really interesting because so for me the twist I don't, it, I, I don't want to say like it didn't land but it was one of the things like I knew there was going to be a twist in this game I, it was like one of the things like I already knew going in like there's going to be a twist I know that like it's some sort of like big like thing um and so going through being like all right trying to figure out what's going on what's happening like who is porter like is porter like an atlas situation where like he's gonna like betray you and like kind of turn on you or is he like maybe more like sinclair who's like a like a sympath like a sympathetic ally but like who maybe like just isn't quite the person you think he is like they definitely like red heron try to think to, like maybe he's like a bad guy like wall says stuff like you don't know who he is kind of thing like, you don't know where like the folks and what's going on like a lot of them, like things it points you at and like what i thought at a certain point i was like the thinker is like pearl basically or like i'm pearl like one of the two like either like i am pearl like when it got to like that final moment when it like we walked up and like you type in the shit and it's like all right cool like subject sigma lit like real personality and it's like charles Millen porter mm-hmm. i was like he, i think it might say like pearl porter like you like mm-hmm. he did successfully like make her like sentient again kind of thing and like you're pearl and you like don't remember anything because of whatever magic happened. happened. I feel like I felt um, I thought that would happen as well at some point during it. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially like when he got to and like for me the since I didn't see the thinker Sigma Porter thing in the green room, I heard the audio log and like listened to that two or three times. And there, him mentioning like the big daddy making me think like, all right, cool. Like he he's out of the equations now, and he like eventually figured out a way to do whatever. But like maybe his like rapture departure protocol thing was like him uploading basically pearl into the like i think the game steers you in that direction like pearls involved somehow in a big mm-hmm. way and the big like arguably a twist bigger than you are like ported the whole time is the fact that like pearl isn't involved right mm-hmm. like that he the last audio like you get is the fact that he like kind of pulls a plug on that where he's like this isn't what pearl wanted but it's not what i want either like i like he rejects kind of that thing like he doesn't like succumb into it like a lot of rapture citizens do um and so like that was a big twist for me but like the actual thing of like your porter literally it happened two hours ago and that happened i was like okay and like it was kind of me being like all right and like trying to like figure that out and like process that and like deal with that and like i think to like just like fully go into into the game like one of the things the game does that's like really really clever um is nothing like, it just, like, nothing happens after that. You just walk. You just walk. You don't fight anybody else. You don't see anybody else. You just walk out of the game, basically. All that. Like, literally, you walk out of Rapture, mm-hmm. essentially. So and, different than, like, all of Bioshock, which is so centered on violence, you know? Yeah, and right. what's cool about it is the game just lets you deal with the ramifications of what's happened, right? Because, like, pointedly, what I did not, like, say this by accident earlier in the, like, recording, the game lets you deal with what just happened, right? Whereas in Infinite, the game ends. Like, you have to kind of deal with it after the fact. And yeah. in Bioshock 2, the game just sort of ends, and also what that twist is so messy and complicated anyway. And it's, again, a lot more like Bioshock 1, which yeah. has its twist, and then more game. And I think that for as interesting, we'll say, as, like, the last area of Bioshock 1 might be, um, for better or worse... One thing that it does that is cool is that it gives you time to think, right? Because, like, one of the coolest things about Bioshock 1 is after you get the reveal, you basically, like, get, like, knocked out. You're basically out of commission for a second. And you come back to, and you're in, like, a little sister, like, massive spoiler to Bioshock 1, by the way, Scott. Like, but, like, I'll go through it pretty quickly. But, like, you're basically, like, going through the list. Yeah, but, like, you're basically, like, not, like, you're not, you don't fight anybody for, like, probably like 10-50 minutes after you get that reveal in Bioshock 1 and you can just get time to like think and kind of come to and kind of 
realize the full ramifications and it's really cool because you just have like time to think about it like what just happened what am i who am i like what is what like even that the game was it isn't actually and it's really really cool right like it, it gives you time to save it and think about that and here too it gives you time to just like think about like literally what am i who am i but also like what does this mean for what i've just done and played through like what does it mean for like what's about to happen like what does it mean for like everything that's kind of happened here in and the words it of of andrew no ryan uh what is a man yeah right and like <laughs> what's really cool about this game again that bioshock 2 didn't nail is that like it deals with andrew ryan and his legacy really really cool right like for me one of my favorite things is is because there are a few Andrew Ryan audio logs here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal favorite is the last thing you pick up where he talks about like what, like your legacy, basically like you've like outlived like the thinker, like it doesn't need you anymore. It's like your legacy porter kind of thing. And like talks about how like the, like ultimately you like build something, you create something and eventually like it doesn't need you any longer. Right. And like your legacy becomes your work. Your legacy becomes what you like, what you've done, what you've built basically. And, like, there's so many shades of, like, Andrew Ryan himself in that, right? Where it's, like, we see Andrew Ryan for, like, three minutes in Bioshock. But his legacy, his impact is every single one of these games. Even Infinite is his legacy, right? It's all of these games are his legacy. It's what he's built. It's his work that he's done, right? Like, Rapture is Andrew Ryan. Every creek and crevice and leaking water pipe is Andrew Ryan all over these games. And so it's really cool to see kind of in literally the last words he'll say in a bioshock game because he's not an infinite at all like you get like kind of a very fitting ending statement from himself which is like the like everything is your legacy what you've built like Minerva's den is your legacy porter um it doesn't need you anymore and he says it kind of in like a sort of like sarcastic way but also like in the final note like a very kind of like almost a melancholic weight like where he knows mm-hmm. as he's like fighting atlas at the time that like I might not outlive this, but like this is my legacy for better or worse, right? Like it's even him being like, I don't even know if it's for necessarily the better, but like it's a really cool reflection and moment, and like it sums up this game really well. It sums up Bioshock One really well. It sums up all of Bioshock really rad, and like I think I like those aspects of the twist and like those aspects of what Madura's did story. Like I, I think that's how I would describe it. I like the story more than like the twist. Um, I like that. And yeah. this game is less dependent on the twist than any other Bioshock game, not canon two, because what the hell is that? Um, whereas I feel like Bioshock Infinite, for better or worse, it's for worse, is all about the twist ultimately. Like ultimately, it's all about that twist. And like you can love it or not, like that's totally up to you. Like maybe you love the twist, like you do, Scott. And like in which case, that is worth it. But like it's about that final like hour that game basically is what that game's all about ultimately mm-hmm. and bioshock one i don't think that's true but that twist is a huge part of that game still like it is a massive part of the game and here it feels like the twist happens like it's just a part of the game it's a part um, of the story yeah it's not like all the game's about like an infinite and it's not like the biggest part or like one of the biggest parts of that game it's just like it feels like a natural part of this game here um, and so, like, the stakes are less, like, the consequences aren't as high, right? Like, I read one thing from Kotaku, which talked about how, like, this is the best Bioshock story and this is the best Bioshock game, which it's not. But, like, it is a really good one. And I think one of the things it said that I did agree with is the fact that, like, this game's stakes are very minimalist. You aren't overthrown Andrew Ryan or a tyrant mm-hmm. or, like, it's not, it's not like a big war. deal. You know, it's not yeah, the end of the world here. And you aren't taking on Sophia Lamb and you aren't 
dealing with like the multiplex or whatever in infinite it's just like your dude who's trying to basically get some code to machine and leave and it becomes much more personal much more intimate as you go on but like ultimately like the entire point of this game is that like realistically like you're somebody who just like walks away like you just like wash your hands away you you get a you get a second chance basically you get like a second chance at life to like actually like take stock of the lessons you've learned and like take stock of like what maybe pearl would have wanted and what you need in your life and what you really would have wanted and like alex said it earlier and it's my favorite description of it too which is like you're like the lone guy in rapture who like actually didn't fuck up like who actually like who or like who even like who did but like who also like kind of came back from it and like isn't too far gone right because like Mm -hmm. porter can live with himself afterwards right where like we've talked before about how like i think tinnabom is really really rad and it's a great character but like part of what makes tinnabom really rad and really cool is that she's a super tragic character right like she's like one of the most morally upstanding people in the game she's like one of like she is like literally like the force of good in bioshock one and in also bioshock two minerva's din but the caveat of that is that like the little sisters are her fault right like adam is her fault splicing is her fault she invented this thinking it would make people like be able to like heal wounds and like cure cancer and all stuff and like it's very like altruistic purpose to it but like it got corrupted and like it's all on her and she like is bogged down by that guilt right like everything she does in one and two and everything is to like make the world better right because like in her thing here it's like we can maybe find a cure for adam like maybe like basically fix what i've done kind of thing and like she's super sad and tragic in that regard even though she's like the most upright character like her audiologues in this game are really cool like where she talked about how like man i like they're good yeah it's all it's all my fault still like she's still blaming herself a decade after it happened and and, like like, the fact that she went out of her way to find figure a way to fix it yeah right and like the same thing in like one two like she like repeatedly goes to you and be like like you can fix what we've done like we've collected like you are the children of rapture like you because in that game you are like and like you're the children of rapture here in bioshock one like you can fix what we've done to rapture here and then like in bioshock two it's again it's like more people are taking little sisters and more people are kind of exploiting the thing i like my greatest sin basically like or taking advantage of that even after i thought it was finally finished you can fix it. and here again it's like you can help me fix my sin again and it's really cool to see her story and her kind of tragic arc and the fact that like you finally get like a moment with her here too at the end of this game um it's a really nice touch but like i don't know like i think i like the story more than like the plot and the plot itself is just kind of like that's cool i guess like i don't mm. i don't know if i think it makes sense i don't know if i think it's i don't think it's like revelatory and like amazing like i think alex might but like i think it's good enough to get the job like i don't find it offensive like i do infinite and it's coherent on like two mm-hmm. um and it's like that's cool and i like it because it gives us my favorite part of the entire game which is just walking with no weapons through everything afterwards, which is just incredibly well done, and the most Steve Gainer part of the entire game. Most Steve Gainer shit you could do in a video yes. game. I'll say like to to something you said earlier, Logan. Like, because I think like a little bit of the hyperbole I was feeling coming off of this is like this might be my favorite Bioshock story. Um, personally, um, I don't like I don't I don't necessarily know how I feel about that because I I like a lot of the little stories in Bioshock One, right? But like if I take Minerva's Den as like break that part of like a rapture story, right? Um, I, I might play Burial at Sea after this as well because I'm really feeling it. I, I've never, I never it, finished, so. I only played part one, so I still don't. I technically yeah, don't I know, never like, played in, Burial at Sea. 
I did yeah. part one. It's all right, but I've heard it, part two is like fucking wild. Yeah, I've heard it, it gets wild. I, it makes yeah. me want to like being in Rapture again. Makes yes. me want to see That's all the Rapture stories that are out there. Right, the end of Rapture like, stories. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way: if I wanted to go back to Rapture in any way now that I've played this, I would probably play my Nervous Den of like four hour thing. I can get like what I feel is like the full Bioshock experience. Uh, front to back like obviously one is has this special place in my heart and i've played it many times yeah. but i think the bite-sized nature of uh, minerva's den hmm. really helps it for me yeah i liked it a lot yeah it's really good it's really <laughs> and it is it's a lot better than bioshock 2 and i liked bioshock 2 mm-hmm. um it, i don't i don't agree with that talk piece i don't think it's like the best part of the best thing in like bioshock stories whatever mm-hmm. um, but i do think it's really rad i do think it's really cool i do think it's a really really interesting previously like untold slice of bi- like rapture and the bioshock kind of universe um and these characters are really like it it felt more like bioshock one than any other thing in bioshock and that can only be a good thing and all these characters would have fit in that world of Rapture and Bioshock 1. All the stories would have fit. Like, it would have been a great... Like, this would have been amazing if this would have, like, was just, like, another level in Bioshock 1. After Bioshock 1, like, the first DLC or something. Or even, like, if this was, like, if they had, like, if this would have belonged, if they'd been, like, crazy doctor, hospital thing, Sandra Cohen, and, like, have this be a level here, too. Like, yeah. the plot twist is that, like, you don't fight. There's no big bad to fight at the end or, like, anything is. You, like, you just leave and it's just yeah. fucking sad basically and it's just like all right that's how that goes and like it would have worked mm. it works just as well there and i think it's like one of the highest compliments i could pay is that like it works just as well as anything in rapture in bioshock one and like like rogue one like it helps flesh out the world of rapture mm-hmm. even more in a way that like makes sense where like i think part of all of our collective problems with bioshock 2 I and mean, i guess save scott who hasn't played bioshock one but is like it doesn't like, that seems like a whole different world of Rapture. And, like, part of that is because, like, it's been a lot of years or, like, a few years since Bioshock 1 to, so, like, think of change. But, like, it just doesn't feel like the same Rapture anymore. Um, and, like, this feels like the Rapture that, like, we know, I feel like, and that we kind of miss. Um, and, like, the the thing in a similar way to Alex, like, this makes me want to just do more things in Rapture. Like, t- to be fair to Bioshock 2, that game did too. Like, it just ma- like the biggest take like maybe the single biggest takeaway from me from playing all this video game book club for this game is that like rapture is incredible like that world is like it is not hyperbolic to say that like 12 years if you like it was first introduced to us like it is just one of the single greatest like environments and like worlds and video games like it is just incredible like it Mm -hmm. is such a great character in its own right and like there's so much with like all the side stories and like every single second i've spent in rapture like i've never been like man this what i'm looking at this world is bad or boring or anything it's like that is always like yeah like even in like yeah and like even (laughs) yes even when we were talking about like the mini issues of bioshock 2 we were all like but like dionysus park even if it might have been like fun to play through that world like dynasty park is like great and it's rad and like the church guys area is like rad and like all the different areas were cool in themselves like even ryan's amusement which i think was like probably collectively maybe one of our least like lesser favorite areas like was still a cool area like that is just a rad world and like that's maybe Mm -hmm. the thing i think about most like it's such video games 
and like movies and TV, like it's just hard to do something like that that is so distinct in its own and lived in and like so viscerally real. Like, like Rapture is just incredible, and like that's I think for me the thing I'm most grateful for. Like you playing with this because like you hadn't gotten Rapture before this, Scott. Like you had gotten Columbia, but like Rapture mm-hmm. is rad and it's yeah. super cool and like. Like talking about this makes me like, man, I want to play Bioshock One again. Like I haven't played Bioshock One since 2013. You have a collection now. I do, yeah. and, I, and I get to think of, like I will probably play Bioshock One at some point this year again. And like I have to do another game, as we will talk about soon. Um, it's gonna take a lot of my time up, but uh, like I, I would love to play Bioshock One again and like go play Burlet Sea and like get as much out of Rapture mm-hmm. as I can because we honestly probably won't get under the Bioshock game ever again. And if we do, it won't be in Rapture, probably. And like, it, and it won't be the same. It won't be, like, it won't be this Rapture, right? And so it's just, like, it's cool just to get, like, a few more hours out of Rapture that feels like our Rapture, I guess, for lack of a word, like it does in Minerva's Den. Um, and so, like, I'm, like, eternally thankful for the game for that. Like, it's just rad. It is very much yeah. Bioshock 1, but done better in some ways and... Not as good in other ways, but like always, always, always like great. And always like it was a really cool Steve Gainer, very heavy narrative focus like flair to it. Let me ask you: Arcane guys needs to make a Bioshock game in Rapture. Yeah, I want to. I want Arcane to make a Bioshock game. What about you, Mike? I, I, you haven't uh, had a chance to to chime in. So, um, I mean, I think I think we we we've covered a lot here. I mean, yeah, like overall, I. I, it's definitely my favorite thing out of the things we have played of Bioshock mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, I, I definitely still have fond memories, more fond memories of the original Bioshock. Yeah. I think it's been even longer since I've played it. Like, I think I played it on Xbox 360. Um, but I, I do remember, like, but this did bring get back a lot of memories. And like you said, like, yeah. Rapture is just cool. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's a cool, it's a cool place. And it's like, it's, really fucked up mm-hmm. and like it's fun to walk around but then like all the you can clear like a lot of terrible stuff happened there and like it like makes sense in the idea of like the time frame that they mm-hmm. put like the timing and like the, the current state of the world outside of that where it's like we're kind of in technology but not really so they're just kind of doing whatever kind of whatever the fuck and even if it's awful experimentation on like humans and other things like whatever like it feels very much like a good era piece in that regard yeah. as well. Can I can I ask you guys a very important question though? Sure. Do you do you remember that in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale they picked the a Columbia level over a Rapture level? But they had a Big Daddy as the character. The, but they had yep. a Big Daddy as a character. So, sure so sorry. What, what was the but level? What was it? They picked the Columbia level from Infinite over uh, a Rapture level. A Rapture I, level. Didn't, I didn't know that. And it was dumb. It was and dumb. So much it was time. Dumb. It's dumb now. Mission All Stars Battle Royale, good video game though, but that decision was bad. And like, I think for me, like, Mike, yeah, I really loved how you just described it there, Mike. That was actually really good. But like, one of the things that's kind of stood out to me is that like, I think a lot of video games, video games in particular, I think try to like make you feel like sad or like make you like be like this area is like really sad and like it's tragic and look how sad and tragic it is and it's like. Mm-hmm. Rapture conveys that with like way less like overwrought like in your face emotion. Just like walk through this area and you just get yeah. it. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's it. not even just like the mm-hmm. audiologues that like flesh out the history. It's not even like 
the characters that are still alive that flesh out just like walking around this world like you just get imbued with like this sense of like tragedy and like what could have been right like it's like Icarus falling from the skies like it could have been anything like it could have been this utopia right and like seeing it fall down like makes it that much more tragic and that much sadder and like there's like it's such a well done realization of like what like an actual like tragic air to just like walk through is it's just been like desolate um and like destroyed from like within and like it's it's really i think poignant and kind of poetic in a way that a lot of video games try to do but almost none do and even fewer do close to as well as rapture um it's just nail and like to be fair even ken levine couldn't do it as good rapture because columbia yeah. tried he basically tried to do like the whole arc of it in that game and it didn't work in the same way yeah. right and it's like what this world and what this game is is just so perfectly like so many different human emotions right and like there's there's like so many scenes of just like small little moments like just like listening to like the splicers talk and like seeing their shadows in the walls and like just like the, the blood smeared stuff and like it just this world is so well realized like that's i think the thing for me like all these years later where it's like this video game is like six years old i guess no that's no not tonight right like nine years old i guess when the dlc came out 10 yeah um and like boy jesus I don't know if I've like <laughs> I can count on one hand the amount of worlds that come close to this still. Like it's just like it's yeah. just so distinct and like mm-hmm. Steve, I think you said it really well too, Alex. Where it's like Steve Gainer understood what made Bioshock one special, and like he focused on those areas and like he really hide on those areas and like he I think got that game and got like that spark that kind of magic to it in a way that like the Bioshock two people I think as a whole did. But they didn't know how to kind of conjure that into their own thing. And they didn't know how, like, I think they just suffered with, like, trying to be too, like, referential and too kind of, like, it's Bioshock 1. It's amazing thing. And Steve was like, yeah, it is amazing. Like, let me do my own thing. Let me show you why it's amazing. Like, I understand. Like, it was almost like the fan-made version of Bioshock 2. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really, really rad for that. It's really, really cool. Like, it is like the Sonic Mania of Bioshock games and it's a rad and it's like yes. it's beautiful and yes. I love it. Yes. Cool. I agree with all that. So, with that, um what we usually do in these final episodes is we go around and we assign if we were to give it a rating right oh, now um 1 to 10 scale kind of like we do on our reviews on our website. We go around and do this. So, uh let's start with uh Mike Go ahead. Um, so if I were to, so Bioshock Two on its on itself, mm-hmm. that DLC mm-hmm. six. Mm. Mm. Bioshock Two mm. with the DLC, Minerva's Den seven five. What do you rate just the DLC? That's I think. Yeah, give, give me a standalone rating for Minerva's yeah. Den. Standalone rating for Minerva's Den uh, eight. Yeah. Mr. Alex, what about you? Uh, I would probably give Bioshock 2 standalone right now today. Again, we're, we're grading on today's metric. Yeah. Um, I would give it probably a 6.5, which... Wow. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's rough. I think it it's just like that was the feeling. I Because I, I think that was what I had decided before we recorded the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just kind of the feeling I was when I ended that game. And I know that's to some extent that's not fair, but like I think that, that is really that really matters. 
I, maybe I even felt more harsh when I <laughs> see the end of the game. Um, but like there, there was still a lot I liked, and I, th- I think it's a good game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think, I, th- I think it's faults hurt it too much in the end. Uh, Minerva's Den, I would probably also give an eight, an eight or an eight point five. Um, pro- more likely an eight. Um, I really liked it. I think the problems with Bioshock Two kind of persist, but uh, mechanically, like gameplay wise, right? Uh, but are are certainly helped so much by the pacing of, mm-hmm. of the deal. Um, for myself, I think honestly, I would probably give base game a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like. I I know I had issues with, like, the glass you couldn't break and little things like that. And I'm not holding that too much against it because, like Logan, you've said it is a video gamey video game thing. So mm-hmm. it it was more just my like ah oh, I'm supposed to be this big dude with a, a drill arm, um, but I thought combat while it wasn't my favorite, I thought it did a good job. My biggest mm-hmm. my biggest complaint. I have with the base Bioshock with base Bioshock Two, the main game is how poor and kind of yep. ill-explained Lamb in that whole narrative was. Like I yeah. loved kind of the lore behind the uh, the father and Grace and things like that. Mm-hmm. I loved all those like side characters. Yeah, but Lamb, I thought was. I had no connection and that was just really solidified and hit home with Minerva's Den. Minerva's Den, I thought was, I loved the story. I loved how the uh, conversations and kind of the history you got with between Milton and Pearl, like it really, it was emotional and the characters. And I liked kind of the whole idea with um, Reed being like this fanatic zealot, Mm-hmm. who praises and like follows this computer i thought that was really interesting and the the twist at the end i really really liked um so for for minerva's den i would say eight five okay logan yeah it's it's interesting for me so like this is a weird full circle one because like obviously this is my nominee for the book club um and i've talked before about how i think bioshock 2 is underrated um, how I think it's like criminally underrated, uh, and how like I, I did. I've always liked Bioshock One more, but I thought Bioshock Two was a lot closer to Bioshock One than people kind of give it credit for. Um, and like a better Bioshock game than Bioshock Infinite, which is possibly still true. Because um, Infinite's a game where I think like at the time I didn't love it as much as everybody else, and I think as the years have gone by, I've just liked it less and less. Um, Bioshock Two base game, I would probably give a. It's such a weird video game. It like it is a weird video game. Mm-hmm. Maybe like it's it's that one too where it's like when it I, I maybe like a seven five like I I don't know if I can go like higher than that. I don't know if I can go lower than that. Like it, I feel like it's a seven five. Like it's exactly why I demanded we do a twenty point skill IP for example. Um, I, I think it's better than a seven, but like not an eight. I don't think it's great, but I think it is good. Right? Like I think by our own metric, like I think it's better than okay. I think it's a good video game. Um, Minerva's Din DLC. The irony being that, like, I feel like Mike and Alex talked more positively about the game, and I'm about to give it a higher score. Like, <laughs> I'd probably give Minerva's Din DLC an eight point five, right? Like, the like, and it's that thing for me where if 
it didn't have the like operation section or if it was like short, if there were fewer like little sissies there or if it was just done better i think like if it went right from the end of that first area right to the thinker um i'd maybe even go to like a nine like that to me is kind of one of the drawbacks and then the fact that the twist and kind of the game's ultimate ending was very much like a that's good that's cool um but like i didn't like i wasn't blown away by it. like i kind of Come wanted all to be over again no i'm just kidding um <laughs> i think takes me somewhat but like it is still great right and like that first area of this game in particular is like so good like it's Super so good. good that first dlc area of whenever it's in um and then like the final like walk in just silent like we just like think about like that's the thing like the game just makes you think and it makes you think very sad like like it's like wants you to be kind of like sad and be like man like i don't know like and, like i literally thought like when we were walking that final walk that like he might just be like close the door on her and like not go with her and be like my place is here like i like like just kind of like slow like slowly just like fade away basically here and like he like just wasn't he's like i don't eat like what's the point of this even um and like it's super cool and like it is it's nice that they give you like a happy ending where it's like i could kind of accept the fact that like this is the close of a chapter kind of thing and like it's beautiful it's so, like i would say an 8.5 for like the dlc and a 7.5 for the base game um with all of its many issues still like it is still really fun it is still really good even if it's not necessarily what i remember it being um but the dlc is great i mean it is mm-hmm. the dlc is probably so my play this Yes, exactly. The DLC is probably my second favorite Bioshock thing outside of the original Bioshock, which I, I, at the very least, I can't speak for Mike, but like for me and Alex, and it was like an incredibly like beloved game for both of us. And like for me, is probably my certainly my top five, but maybe my top like four favorite video games of all time, and even higher in like most important video games I've played. Um, and so that is, is a very very high compliment indeed to say it is right behind that. Um, our um, our average score as a group is 6.75 what is it for the dlc like um, an eight probably something like eight we all give it at least an eight right the dlc yeah uh, we had yeah. two eights and two eight fives so, so 8.25 yeah very good yeah that's dlc is great good. i that's the thing for me like you can play this you can literally play this dlc without playing bioshock 2 and like while i think that like ultimately bioshock 2 is like worth playing um at the very least if you've made it if you made this part of the book club and you didn't play the games well i guess fuck you but like <laughs> you, you or know enjoy? the games. yeah um but yeah, like thanks for watching like us talk about yeah. bioshock 2 for four hours but yeah. like four five hours. if you've made it here and like you're like undecided about bioshock like whenever it's in you'll see if you're like you heard like how like lesson like amazing two is like Definitely, please play Bioshock. Play it. Yeah. Din. Like it is yeah. great. It is a fantastic story and world with characters that are mm-hmm. amazing in its own right. And like it is so like it is not long. It is quick. You can go through this in a very good time. And you, you do not have enjoy. to have played Bioshock too. There, you do. It happens at the exact same time yeah, in the, yeah, of the game. Like there are no, like none of the characters. Maybe play Bioshock all. one. But I would say definitely play Bioshock One just in general. Like that's that's more of just like a hey, advice. you should play Bioshock yeah, One just because like advice. it's I'll a masterpiece. This. But like, and I don't know if you noticed it, Scott, um, but I feel like the last now like three games, maybe was Ori before Thimbleweed Park or was Dead Space? Two? Ori was before Thimble. Well, I guess not Ori, but Dead Space Two, uh, Bioshock Two, 
and uh, Thimbleweed Park were all like, like not bangers like like we wanted them to be. This like, is I what I was like, gonna ask: Is it like we have a lower average score on book club than I thought we would? <laughs> so what, what I'm what I'm saying here is like I I think the next game that you guys play should be a banger. That's why I'm getting to say like I I am actually curious. We'll get to that in a second. For I sure. think it is. It's but a like, classic. It's, what is, it's gonna yeah it'll be what banging. Is, what is the highest game? Like review scores at Arkham, Arkham yeah. got reviewed yeah, the best. I don't think we were uh, maybe maybe Ori. grading. I don't think we, we did, graded. We didn't Arkham. grade during. You were it would have been Arkham probably. Yeah, it would have been Arkham. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ori, I think like ended with like a seven seven five average or something like that. What did you give Ori? I gave Ori a nine. Yeah. You can read that review on irrationalpassions.com, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Uh, <laughs> I never played Ori in the Mind Forest. Put it on the PlayStation. Like, play this game. Um, Put it on the Switch, maybe. Come on, E3 oh. hype guy. Or, or I'll just oh, go to Maryland. Well, Double pack. Come to my house. Like, like, let's play it together in our PJs. Do yeah, just come to Maryland for the West on a single cart. Um, but yeah, intern. Yeah, the next game. Yeah, yeah we need. We need some, it's time. Let's. It's finally time. Let's let's announce this. So enjoy. Bye. This trailer, an announcement video for our next game on Video Game Book Club. Princess, this way, please. Hi there, folks. This is George Cruz Alvarez with Irrational Passions, here to proudly and excitedly announce that our next Video Game Book Club is Sega's 2 million copy seller, 2006 Sonic the Hedgehog. For this first episode, we will be playing through Crisis City on Sonic's playthrough with the input cast of Logan Wilkinson, Jarrett Green, and will of course be joined by Video Game Book Club's host, Scott White. Fun fact, I'm the only person who has ever played or seen most of this game. I hope you'll join us as we play through it, or just listen to the show as we are experiencing it. Yes, for some god unknown reason, George decided to pick Sonic 2006 as our yes. next video game book club, where I will be joined with the input boys, Mr. Logan, and George, and Jarrett. <laughs> input cross video game book club. It's yeah, yeah it's that'll be a thing. You have, to make that, you have to make that an image somehow. Like that's it's gonna be such yes amazingness. Because so to be clear, yeah, I've never played Sonic 06. Before. I haven't either. Neither is your green. I literally <laughs> have bought like, two so brand pure. new copies of this game for yeah. this book club. One for yeah. myself and you're one for Logan. So pure. Yeah, yeah, I've never I'd played like, it before. Like like George Cruz, I will say I I went and bought that game the day it came out, and I, <laughs> I was never the same. I've never been the same since. No wonder George is so broken, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike Jerry, I understand it. I understand. I love Sonic. Deep most. Like, I, I'm feeling. excited. Yeah. I love Sonic. I'm just uh, so excited for the Logan take and the Jarrett take because I feel like yeah. I know where. I'm, 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 I really, I really want to know who's just going to quit. Some, not going to make like, it. It's going to be Jarrett. Jarrett's just going to be like, "Fuck this! I gave you one episode. He's I'm not, not playing four or episode. three more, <laughs> four more." Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Where it's like, I feel like I understand where George is going to be at for the most part. Um, Scott would just like bitterly tolerate it, probably and be like, "This is bad," but like, I, 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 I gotta host this show. Yeah, yeah, I gotta host this fucking show. Jarrett is gonna like. 
Jared's gonna hate it and just like hate it, but it's like for me, it's that ancient one where it's like I literally have no idea what I'll come down. Like I could see me literally having every possible reaction to this game, and it's like super excited just going and be like, maybe I'll be like George and like low key kind of dig it and like love it, or like maybe I'll be like. <laughs> Yo, it's actually tra- like, that's the thing. Like, Gerald you know me, yes. <laughs> you know me so well, Alex. Like, it's like my reaction could be anything. It could go like, either way. Scary, yeah. So it's so it's scary. So about it. Like, I'm very excited. I'm so excited to watch. Like, I'm yeah. like, because I don't have to play it. I'm just gonna yeah. watch you guys play. <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be a thing. But yes, the first uh checkpoint is playing through something as Sonic. I can't remember I what George means. said, but George, you guys just saw it, and it will be in the thumbnail and the description, so you guys won't have to worry about that. But that's the thing too, because it's the first three D Sonic game I've ever played too. I'll never, oh I've never played a three D Sonic. Oh, oh damn! I've always played play Sonic, Sonic Adventures. I, I no, played the Sonic I've never Adventure three D Sonic game. We're playing Sonic Adventure Two Battle at Extra Life. Lock it in. Yes. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love man. the Genesis Sonic games, and like Sonic Mania is actually like an amazing game in its own yeah. right. Like, that is a 9.0 um, game, so it's like super cool to be like, what does a 3D Sonic look like? Not that I'm good. Gonna find out. <laughs> Maybe more. more. How does it play? You're yeah. playing the global league. I'm excited because like, I heard. Game. I heard some because I've heard a lot about this game. It's one of the most talked about games out there on the internet. I've heard that like the president of the United of America might be in this game somewhere and like that's kind of cool i like that idea the president, like the president of what america like the u.s president might be in this game like a cameo oh. thing or something like that like just not like, like the like actual character. president but a character no. who is yeah, yeah. like yeah. not like i don't think fucking like george bush walks in the game being oh, like man. howdy y'all like <laughs> but like there's a girl in the there's a human girl don't yeah don't give don't give him that quite yet they, so I, they, I, they, they need, what, they so need so to go into thing. that pure just leave leave the girl out yeah I believe that's the real thing. That's the real. I may have been yeah. spoiled on the girl thing. Yeah, so I mean it's hard not to spoil. Yeah, at this point, that's fair. It has a forty-three on Metacritic. Well, we'll see about that when we <laughs> review it in five episodes from now, or whatever. Yeah, I'm really also, hoping we also, can t- keep this to a four-episode series. I don't want the longest book club series Bioshock to be <laughs> Sonic oh, 06. Yeah. Honest, honestly, if you go to five parts of Sonic 06, I, I will purposely make it so it's always the luck. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like so thing. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Mike is so <laughs> happy about that. I'm so yeah, excited I'm for giddy. this. You, you don't gonna, even know what you're going to be like. I think I have no idea. Dumpster fire. You, you, you can you can sit there and think all you want. And you're prepared. <laughs> you but think you really are not prepared. You're fools, all of you. Yeah. The uh, the interactions between all of us are what's really gonna sell. That well, and that's the why like, I was so like excited <laughs> and determined. So many broken faces. Yeah, to make point. sure that it was input boys into like the three of us who like have to deal with each other all the time anyway. Yeah, um, and are like like have such a good like rapport and relationship too, and just like all of us together who represent kind of like the emotional spectrum: anger, <laughs> joy, depression. All together on a podcast with Scott, it's gonna be a great time. I mean, I mean, in some ways, like George is the winner because he somehow made you idiots play like Sonic this 6. Is, this so is George's like, pick. Just, yes, oh, this, this is George's yes, pick. Yeah, this is George, yes. yeah, George Cruz, so, which is the most George pick. I'm, I'm really hoping it just, it just, it just. And he's <laughs> plotted this for a while, like for months. Yeah. Like We've two games before, he's like, "Oh, I know what my game's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna like, be so Sonic that we did." Bioshock 2, the reason that we did me before George is because he wanted time after he got off school to do it. Like, yeah. he, like, has been looking forward to this for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It's going to be beautiful. Good luck, It's going to be something. Mm-hmm. But everybody, that brings Bioshock 2 to a close. We ascend back to the surface, back on dry land. Praise the sun. Praise the sun! Praise the sun. <laughs> and uh, as always... Let's uh let's find out where you good folks can find everybody here on uh, book club. Let's start with you, Logan. Where can people find you on the interwebs, and what you got cooking right now? You can find me at Logie on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat Live Facebook? and Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and in the DMs and all the places and um. Alex almost broke me, but I just looked away and it was fine. Catch your um, new problematic bay, Logan Wilkinson, in the DMs. <laughs> Sliding into your DMs. Look, so you look, can, out yeah, those, look out for those Snapchats. <laughs> you can find me all those places. Um, hi, my name is Logan. I am also a senior editor for rationfashions.com forward slash. You can find me there. I, ho- I uh, co-host a neat little video game website called Input. It's a video game news show about video games. Not really, though, at all. Um, but about the news a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, we are getting close to 100th episode, so really, please, not a joke, tweet us what we should do about that. We really would like your ideas and suggestions. You, you should play um, Sonic 06. Oh, we're going to do that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I'll tell Jerry. Yeah, this, this is our Input is just going to turn into like a rehabilitation <laughs> clinic of like, that's where you guys go to complain about <laughs> Sonic 06. The best, the best thing, too, yeah, is that like, if, even if you do like four episodes, it's still eight weeks. So it's just going to be like eight weeks of just like slowly losing our minds on input and like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. having like the more, off guys. weeks just like talk about it. It's like, it's going to be so good for me and George and really, really bad for Jarrett. And it's going to be lit. Um, and so you can find me there. Uh, we're also, you know, I write previews and reviews and features and other stuff on Arash Passions. You can check all of that out. Um, and then E3 is happening. We're going to be doing lots of E3 coverage. You can find all of our faces there. Ooh-hoo. All of us will be hosting E3 things as well for you to go check out and look at. Um, and so go watch all of those, all the E3 content we do. So hey. Excited. Hex East happened. Go read all those previews from a few months back. Why not? Give us the views. So what, are you, what, what are you doing with your time better than that? Give us the views. Yeah. Um, and then works. you can also find me on a Rash of Passions podcast sometimes. I don't know when I'll be on next, but soon. Possibly soon. this. Possibly in two days. We don't know. Possibly yet. in two days I will be on even. Um, it might Whoa. be my turn in the rotation. And also, I, I just want to be on because I haven't seen Nobishin in a long time and I miss him. Um, and also, Alex. I love him very much too. Um, and also, Scott, because he gave me a ride to an airport one time. No, it's like, and also, and also Tony, because we shared a bed together at PAX East 2016, 17, one of the, one of the PAX East. Um, so all of those people. Yeah. That's how you know it's real. Cool. Mike, where can people find you? What do you got cooking? Yeah, you can find me at Mike IP underscore all one word. Um, and also on AOL.com slash AIM Messenger at Mikey2Hardy. Yeah, my guy. Facebook, Mike 2 Liddy. You know, yeah, yeah. like like Logan said, you're, by this by the time you're seeing this, you might have not, you might have seen our faces too much because we did a crap ton of post-show E3 yes. discussions, but I'm sure they were awesome and fun and we are we are all extremely we can, excited. To I guess we yeah. can say yeah. So like Alex, you're hosting Microsoft, right? 
Yes, yeah, I will be. Sky, you're hosting Square Enix. And you will have. Yes, I will you're have hosting Square. I'm, I'm Square. Host Nintendo. Yeah, I'm I'll be over at the Ubisoft catch-all one extravaganza. Yeah, Ubisoft. And then there's other stuff possibly too. Just, yeah, just call Logan's going to be our catcher. So yeah, in the ride, catch in the ride stuff. There it is. So there'll be there there'll be that. Um, there'll obviously be more hot video content for me. Possibly written stuff depending on what happens. Yeah, just some video reviews. Some maybe some streams. Wink. Maybe, Maybe so. uh, if there was a new character added to a fighting game, the well, three I, of us would be hanging out, doing you know, a stream about it. You know, you know just you in know, an ultimate like fashion, a podcast yeah, of gonna, ultimate proportions. I don't yeah, know. Yes. Just, you know, yes. There's probably a Mario there. Who knows? Mario, we'll see. the no Mario folks. Um, yeah. So, right, YouTube.com/slash Rational Passions. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Irrational Passions. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, follow. And AOL.com slash Irrational Passions. Perfect. Where can I find you, Alex O'Neill? Yeah, Fearless Leader, tell us. I At Alfighter27 on the Twitter, send selfies to me. I need them or else I'll be sad, and I don't think you would want that. A couple of things. So Irrational Passions... Uh, we are doing and have done and have performed and made a ton of bets. Um, it's going to be on episode 427. We're going to be making the bets, and then 428, we're going to be tallying them up. Um, everybody, everybody at Rational Passions was involved in this. Everyone. It's the only thing that has ever happened that everyone at Irrational Passions... We all have to has. come together for bets. It's true. It, it is like E3. It's bets. It's the most fun. Everybody got into it. I was worried that some of the editorial members would not get into it. Jerry, Jared Green got into it. I'm happy to report. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, for everyone to hear what those are. Uh, you can hear it already, but to hear the results and everything as well. Uh, it's it's just a fun extra layer to watch E3 with. Will a big boy slip? Yes. We'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> I like, yeah, you saw those big ass Pokemon. It's a high probability. Yeah, dude, there's a high slippage chance. Is all you I'm know, saying. All Scott, you were see. more right than you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out our Rational Passions podcast, video game podcast that I host, and uh, read rationalpassions.com. I, I posted a secular review; is very good. But more importantly, everyone else does a ton of amazing stuff, and you should read all of it uh, and listen to all of it. Scott, cool. And yes, you can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. You can also find me taking over the Rational Passions Twitch, like Mike mentioned, twitch.tv slash Rational Passions. I've got a bunch of stuff up recently on uh, rationalpassions.com. I've been playing a crap ton, and I'm incredibly addicted to Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, a couple of Professor RPG primers. Um, I got a review. Um... By the time this goes up, you can also find on our Pinecast feed, on our IPP Presents feed, a interview kind of discussion I did with uh, the man of the myth, the legend, Jared Green, about Final Fantasy VII and yes, what we hope to see exciting. in the remake. So check that out. And yeah, just look forward to a ton of E3 content. Hell, by the time Goodies, you see yeah. this, E3 will yeah. be over. We'll know all sorts I'll of stuff. Empty. Secrets. What are the secrets? All the secrets will be known. All the secrets will be known. And I will already know start that, counting that down to Banjo E3. Is back. Banjo is back. He will reveal himself. <laughs> Gino. Gino's going to be announced. Gonna, you just know. Here it is. Nintendo Direct logo comes out. Phase to black. Ching! Smash logo comes up. Then you just hear the 
dun 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 and it just goes into the fucking yeah you it's this banjo the banjo drum just starts playing right at the start yeah dude and the internet explodes liquid hype right there dude yeah but yes everybody that will do it thanks for taking us or joining us on this journey to rapture we hope you enjoyed it i know we all i know i did and i think everyone else did too so be sure to take a look back in a few weeks for the dumpster fire that is Sonic 06. It's mm-hmm. bound to be something. I'm about to take my longest break Excellent. from book club, and I'm sad, but also very happy about it. You're just you're just <laughs> switching your roles. That. You're going to be more of a viewer than the player. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be jeering. Is what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mike in the chat I'm excited week. to get raw reactions in our yeah, Slack. Yeah, man. On yeah, like, that's I, like every every few every few days, that just Check like man, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't say this Sorry. earlier. Minerva's Den crashed on me. I was playing a completely different version and it crashed on hey. me again, so I'm cursed. So kind of, I'm kind of glad to be done with Bioshock hey. too. But until then, everybody, thanks again for stopping in, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.